America's like, I'm going to stick my thumb in this country's ass and see what happens. Yeah, just to see what happens. You still smell like heroin. It's like the thing you put on your wiener. I prefer not to say. Jesus Christ. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Let me tell you guys. I am so excited. I am so happy. The Blue Collar Plebcast is brought to you by Punchplate. Punchplate at coddle.co sells a series of high quality, American made 304 stainless steel backup seed phrase plates. Punchplates are compact, affordable, proven to be durable through independent testing, and easy to use. They look great too. It has never been easier to own your own money. Punchplate makes it affordable to more securely break up your seed phrase into multiple pieces. Why pay a third party for multisig when you can cheaply create your own fragmented and redundant system? Don't accept holding an IOU. Protect yourself and your family. Use Punchplate. Check out coddle.co. Note that coddle is a C word. We are live. What's up, LC? Yo, yo, yo. You know, since I started recording with you, I think I have 50 less followers on Twitter, so I can tell that people really appreciate us, so thank you for that. Wow, we've only been recording for like six seconds. That was impressive. Plus 50 followers in six seconds. We were driving to dinner today, and you know how you go to an intersection, and your car starts going like a little bit left on an angle, and you got to like lean over to look past your wife to see if the car's coming? Normally what people do is they lean back so you can see, right? My wife leans forward because she wants to see if the car is coming, but then I really can't see anything. It just drives me crazy. You have the get out of my mirror discussion too while you're driving? After 20 years? No, I stopped. I'm just like, when you're done looking, then I'm going to take a look and we'll just wait (laughs) until I can see. I'm not there yet. Yeah. I'm in the, can you get out of my mirror? Either that or I just run like the full uh, co-pilot deal. Am I good? (laughs) I go with Truster. (laughs) Yeah, just... Just give me a nod or something if I'm good, because you're living in the mirror and I can't see what the fuck's going on. If I did that, I wouldn't be here with you right now. <laughs> She'll never fix that, so just stop trying. Let it go. So, Cado is a really important company, sponsor of the show, and they make these seed phrase plates. And one Bitcoin thing I was thinking about was there really needs to be a service to try to make it easy to leave behind information about how to use the seed phrase plate, like what to do in the event of needing to acquire funds. There should be a service that says, here's where you find the plates and here's what you do with the numbers. And here's perhaps a wallet you might use, or here's a trusted friend that you might call for help. Just leaving somebody who's a Bitcoin limited individual, if you just leave them the seed phrase, it's not really going to help them. Yeah, maybe we uh, maybe we can talk to Coddle. Maybe he could engrave something up that has like a brief step-by-step on how to recover a seed on a steel plate because if you leave them the plate you could leave them that as well i almost feel like that's gotta be something that's like encrypted as like kind of an instruction manual i feel like it's not that hard i recovered one not long ago and it was like you haven't met my wife and kid though they're like bitcoin disabled (laughs) you know what i did i just gave my wife phil's number that's smart i was like if i walk outside and get hit by lightning call this guy he'll help you get all the money that's smart (laughs) But there needs to be a system behind just seeds, I think. But then everybody will want to do it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So this didn't really make dirty words because it's more of a phrase, but the phrase, I stand with you or I support you, what's that make you feel? 
We're talking about feelings now? Like if you hear somebody say, I stand with you or I, I'm here for you, how does that make you feel? So are we talking about when somebody says it to me or when somebody has a sticker like, I stand with Ukraine? Well, the I stand with thing is, I think, similar across the board. Two different scenarios, I think. If I see a sticker of I stand with anything, I just assume that you're mentally disabled and that you just allow the propaganda to soak deeply into you and give huh. you whatever your view is on whatever. Yeah. I stand with this. I stand with that. Eh. 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 I know this is going to be kind of a spicy take because I was trying to prep for the show and I was talking this over with my father. And at the end of the talk, I stood up from the table and I said, Dad, that thing you said was really retarded. And I stormed off. This was a few <laughs> days ago. And I was like, this is going to be a really good show. Then we drank some bourbon and changed the subject after that. But <laughs> you know how I'm super cool and I don't watch the news or corny soap operas? Yes. Yeah. Right. So my wife does, though. And that's how I know she doesn't have a penis. So I feel good about that. And the other day she was running on her treadmill and she was watching this horrible show. I was in the room playing my VR. I was playing ping pong and I just overheard this, right? And there's a show she watches and there's constantly people in their 40s and they're like failed individuals because they're all like single or they're cheating on their spouses, either one. And sounds like the average American sitcom. Maybe that's why it's so popular, but she's like really hooked on it because the men I'll talk fucking like, Virgin River, isn't it? Yeah. How do you God, know? God, my wife watches that shit. Oh, okay. It's not just me. <sighs> so all the men talk like T-800s, right? And uh -huh. it's just like male exposition about their feelings to the female like constantly, right? Yep. And they all say like, I know you're not asking, but it's really important for me personally to make sure you fully understand how I really feel. And I want to paint a picture of my inner vagina for you so you understand it. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. They don't have like gay people on the show and that's kind of sexist in itself, but it, that would fit better probably. But my wife's convinced there's something wrong with me because I don't speak like that. No, 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 no. No, that doesn't exist. She thinks that's they all real. talk like that except me. No, 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 that's not real. I got my VR headset and I and, and it's I'm in mixed reality so I can see the show and she's like staring at me. She doesn't think I can see her, but she's like glaring at me. Yeah, no, that's not real. I know one guy that's like that, but he's not what I would categorize as a as a man. One of these sorry ass male characters that he was trying to get in the pants of a lady who just got mad at her husband because he cared about his work more than her. Are you following this so far? Uh, unfortunately. Okay, awesome. So he almost banged her, but they didn't do it because it was too early for the girl, right? You got that? Yeah. So to express his understanding, he said, listen, I understand if you don't want to hop on this beautiful wax penis here just yet, or maybe even ever, but I want you to know that no matter what happens, I'm here for you. No, he's not. And my wife's like fucking mesmerized, right? She's just digging this up and she's like, why can't you be more like that, Frito? And I'm trying to play ping pong. I got this AI virtual cat <laughs> staring at me. The whole thing just pissed me off. Is there an emptier statement than I'm here for you? Uh, not a hot take, just reality, but a hot take to somebody like your wife. Yeah. There's not a single man on the planet that's friends with a female that he doesn't want to fuck. I take offense to that. I'm friends with lots of females I don't want to fuck. Sure you are. Anyway... That's just reality. 
that is just reality. That is just the way it is. I told my wife this when we were together in high school. She told me I was crazy. Years later, we got back together. And she was like, all those guys that you told me that about all sent lewd messages to me years later. And I was like, yeah, because he's not friends with you because he wants to watch the Patriots game. They're friends with you because they want to sleep with you. This is nature. Mm -hmm. This is what happens. No man is there for you. Unless he's pawning off his asshole to another man. In which case, maybe he's there for you in a friend capacity. Mm -hmm. The male friend is to politicians as the naive female is to Americans. Okay. (laughs) But just like you said, saying I'm here for you is kind of like how we stand for other countries. We're here for Ukraine. We're, We're here for israel or minorities or otherwise oppressed people yeah so to boil it down in a more palatable explanation Uh the only time either a a man would say that in a situation or in the other scenario somebody like the united states would say that to another country is for their own interest right yeah it's an attack vector the united states doesn't stand with ukraine because we're worried about the humanitarian situation over there if we're worried about humanitarian anything We'd be more concerned about fucking Gaza Strip getting glassed. We don't care about the humanitarian part of anything. We care about it because it's a place to, you know, Ukraine specifically is a place where we like to wash money. We put on this front that we're there for them, but we're really there for them because we're getting something out of the deal. We've never been there for any country strictly on the moral standing, which is definitely how they sell it, right? That's how the United States has sold every war. Oh, we have to do this because it's the morally right thing to do. Wrong. We have to do it because the military-industrial complex is printing fucking money that's lining the pockets of the people that are convincing you that we need to do it. And the voters are suckers for virtue signaling. It's like a crypto scam. Yeah. Suckers for virtue signaling and suckers for Israel. But it works to convince people to part with their wealth. Of course it does. You play on emotion. Yeah, or sacrifice your freedom or your privacy. It's all just like giving up something and you should do it because of the virtue signaling. Play on emotion and make people scared. Those are the two things that make people give up either A, their time or their money. People need to be scared or it will make them feel better, right? Their feelings are hurt. They're upset about something. They feel like they're making a difference. 25 cents a day can feed starving pop and click in whatever fucking random country they don't even tell you he's from. Same shit. You should feel guilty because you eat and he doesn't. So give us money. It's the same shit, different rapper. Makes me wonder if we're really together enough to support every proposed solution to every problem because we need to be there for everybody. We're not even here for ourselves. We should try being here for ourselves for a little while before we worry about everybody else. Uh, A good example of that is, and I know there's a handful of people that listen to the podcast that have been through recovery or addiction or both. It's the same idea of like the person who stops doing drugs and 10 days later, they want to go save somebody else from getting high. Like, sure. You still smell like heroin. 
you need to get your shit in order before you can help somebody else. And that is where America is sitting right now. Like, right. desperately need to get our own shit in order before we think we can continue to help other people. How many world problems should Americans accept as their own personal problems enough to give their families wealth away? Zero. Yeah. And Absolutely zero. I've been really infatuated with the world debt clock website which is just really interesting and everybody talks about the national debt being about 33 trillion dollars and growing right yeah but that's just kind of the part that the country owes it's not assigned to individuals i guess the actual debt for america when you combine the government the people the corporations as a whole is about 103 trillion dollars nice and that amount of debt equates to about $300,000 per citizen. Nice. Meanwhile, the average American salary is $36,000. <laughs> that math doesn't seem to check out. The average car is $50,000 when it was 22 in 2000. And the average house is $428,000 when it was 127 in 2000. How much has uh, the household income gone up since 2000? I don't know how so, but individuals gone up $4,000 on average. <laughs> Meanwhile, the average American paid interest per year is $14,000. Oh. So you take $36,000, you subtract taxes, and then you subtract $14,000 of interest. And then these people are supposed to be taxed more to support other countries going to war because we're compassionate. Yeah. That sounds insane. It is insane. So like paying for all of the problems is going to be a problem mathematically. Yeah. So I had this kind of related, but not totally related, but kind of related on the same idea of like finances and money and all that good shit. I was talking to somebody the other day about tithing because we go to church, right? Yeah. Um, you mentioned this those, on the last one, I think. Yeah. For those who don't know what tithing is, tithing is giving in the old covenant, tithing was giving 10% of your income or what you produced to the church. But I had this conversation with a, a friend of mine the other day who's a deacon. And I was like, Yeah, we don't tithe any money to the church. And like my whole reasoning behind that is we produce a lot of stuff on the farm and during the summertime we donate produce to the local food bank when we have an abundance of eggs we donate eggs to the local food bank my view on that is what does more good for the world at large right is it me donating 20 dozen eggs to the local food bank so somebody who has kids to feed can go in and get fresh eggs to feed their kids or is it me giving $100 extra a week to the church so they can buy new lights for the stage? What would Jesus do? My understanding is he would donate the eggs. <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> but it's just, it, it's stuff like that. And people, Americans have become addicted to writing a check to absolve themselves of the moral weight of a situation. Right, because it's much easier to just write a check and sign the bottom of it than it is to actually have to like do something. Especially when you can support printing more money, which is an indirect tax. So you know you're too dumb to feel it, and then you could say I supported this moral thing. It's even better that way. 
especially because majority of the people that support printing more money are people who aren't going to live long enough to feel the effects of that money being printed. I see it's a lot of people our age, though. Well, maybe that's true still, but still. Yeah, but that depends on what you mean by that. Because people are, I won't even say people our age. I feel like people our age are probably the most sound-minded about it all, right? Like, the millennial generation looks up the age scale at the boomers and are like, you're retarded, what the fuck are you doing? And then looks down the age scale at the Zoomers and is like, what the fuck is happening to your generation? You have the younger generation that supports printing money in the fashion of checks for everybody, free healthcare and free housing and like a lot of like socialist views of things, right? And then you look up the age scale and you have all the boomers that are like, no, fuck all that socialist shit. If you want it, go out and work for it. Oh, wait a minute. We're going to go to war for Israel. Israel needs a hundred billion dollars. Print that money, print right. it, send it to them. So they both want to like extort money from something that has no money. Right. And I feel like our generation is a one generation standing in the middle going, what the fuck is wrong with both of you? No. Stop printing know, money. Man. I'm not sure there's many innocent generations. I mean, there's like weirdos like you and me that care. I look at people in my generation. I'm like, you're mostly stupid. <laughs> We've been I'll, in the Middle I'll, East. I'll say it like this. I feel like there's more people in our generation than either of the other two generations. Maybe. We've been in the Middle I feel East like for a long time, right? We've been here just long enough to at least have the wherewithal to look around and be like, what the fuck is going on? Like something's not right. Even if you're not like us, right? Where you're like, this is what's not right. At least they're looking around going, something's not right. Maybe the government doesn't have my best interest at heart. Yeah. Whereas the younger generation still thinks that everything can be fixed. <laughs> We're like the black pill generation, right? <laughs> We're like, everything's fucked. And the younger generation is like, things can still be fixed. And the older generation is like, Everything's fine because the magical electric box in my living room tells me everything's fine. I mean, most of my friends my age that are successful are like macro really stupid. If we've been in the Middle East for however long we've been in, the last two wars, I think, cost $6 trillion. Like, how much did that influence the $428,000 median price of a home right now? Where all the young people are like, why can't I buy a house? It's because it was of that. $11 trillion. Between Iraq and Afghanistan, we spent $11 trillion. Well, that's even worse. Yeah, it's a lot of money. But like, we can't keep devaluing the money and wondering why we can't buy a house and then saying we want to support these causes. You have to understand, though, that most people can't understand the basic concepts of like when you make more money, it makes all the other money worth less. Right. I don't get it. They can just print it. I think like the meme of why am I paying taxes if you can just print money is kind of like along the same like brain dead thought process. I think people that post that meme, while true, don't really buy into it that much. But it's like so true. You have to be a Bitcoiner to see it, I think. Really. Can we talk about that meme for a second? It's the same problem. The same problem. The problem is you cannot live in a society where you only care about yourself. That's not society. Now, if you want to live that way, all the power to you. Feel free to go live that way. But 
you cannot say I want to live in such and such a society and then have the attitude of I'm going to do whatever I want to do. You do whatever you want to do. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, it's retarded. There's no logic anywhere in that string of thought at all. You can't have a society. So we have a problem with this society, right? Where the government is printing money for obscene reasons, right? Now imagine, if you will, for a second, if we go to a society where we don't have to pay any taxes. That's a great thought, but we still have to use their money, <laughs> right? Theoretically, at least in the way the world is standing today, okay, we still have to use that money. So now you've taken a situation where the people who are taxing us, right, that we don't like to be taxed and they're taxing us are now in a place where they don't need to ask us for money. Right. They don't even need to vote on it because they can just print when they need money. Well, that's what's going on, yeah. But at least they pretend like they need a vote now. Like it takes time to get to the point where they turn the press on. If yeah. you go to that other situation where we're not paying taxes and they're just going to print money when they need money, you get yourself to hyperinflation a hell of a lot faster than the situation that we're in currently. I think it's moving pretty quick right now, though. Yeah. I'm actually impressed with your whole egg thing. I mean, honestly, I mean, like, I don't even understand how people can afford to give the eggs with the math that we just laid out. What do you mean? I'm saying that mathematically, we're all going backwards, at least on average. So it's hard to be generous. I, we had this conversation last time, right? But Yeah, but I mean, I, I can only sell so many eggs. Okay. So it, it gets to the point where they either sit on my counter and go bad, or I donate them. I'm not saying that I have people calling me for the eggs, and I'm like, sorry, I can't sell you any eggs this week because yeah. I have to donate these. So there's like this extra effort that, that's helpful, right? Yeah. Yeah, in excess. Yeah. The problem is we live in America where nobody understands the concept of excess anymore because excess has become the norm. Domino's will finance you a pizza that you can pay off over six weeks. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Tell me you don't live in a country that has zero concept of what extra is Yeah. without telling me. You can finance a medium fucking pizza that's $9. And pay it off over six weeks. What the fuck are the payments on that? The real question is, what's Domino's charging for interest? Because what's that $9 pizza come out to after six weeks? Acceleration to idiocracy, right? I, I like to read these dystopian novels and they're kind of, you know, farcical. And on the moon, a frozen pizza would be like really expensive. Oh my God, what a luxury. But like, I'm send you we're financing one, them now. But... I think that it's fair to say we can't pay for all of the problems, right? We can't pay to help everybody, right? Right. So if that's true, there's only two choices. One is we got to pick and choose what problems we're going to pay to solve or we're not going to solve other people's problems. Yeah. And if we pick and choose, then everything gets to be subjective and politicized and co-opted. And that's what we have now. Yeah, just don't. Just shut it off. Even if we did it for two years, we're not going to send any foreign aid anywhere. I don't care. 
if they're beheading babies on live TV, we're not sending any foreign aid to any fucking country for any reason for two years. You know what that would do for our economy? It would slow the decay. Yeah. It's probably a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound at this point. But right. I think something as small as that yeah. would make people realize for it to slow down just long enough to say, holy shit, stuff hasn't gotten more expensive in the last two years. Maybe normal people could get shitty pizza without financing it if we did that. Right. Watch that thing I just sent you because I want to discuss it. It's only two minutes. Okay. I was on a massive roll, but this is the part where Elsie interrupts my flow and makes me watch a video. I won't make you listen to it, but it was three minutes long, and I would describe it as being like idiocracy, but less funny and more disturbing because it is kind of like present-day America. Only the very core of who you are, it's a small price for a lifetime of unending joy, don't you think? What are we, 10 years out from that? Seems like it's accelerating. I don't like it. So you makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> it does. You just said dystopian shit, and I was like, oh my god, I saw this thing today. That is hyper dystopian, <laughs> but the fucked up part is, is like so many parts of it are very close to now. Did you see somebody got sentenced for making a meme? Yeah, the guy that made the Hillary Clinton meme? Seven years. I thought it was months, but... No, I'm pretty sure he got seven years. For making a meme. That's very dystopian. Yeah, pretty... Like, right now, we're deciding, because we need to help people, to pay for planes and tanks and give money to countries. And... Seven months. You are correct. Sorry. I'm always right, dude. You know that. Yeah. We're paying to grow the IRS and the ATF and pay for dumbass people who went to college and can't afford their student loan payments. But we can't fix the roads. We can't have decent health care. We can't dispose of waste properly. We can't solve murders or pay for nice things like libraries and public pools. But we need to help people. Hey, uh, student loan repayments restarted today. You didn't see that in the news. Well, for some people, not everybody. My wife texted me. She's like, do you know what this is? And I was like, yeah, it's my student loan payment. And then I looked at my email. Boom. Here's your receipt for your student loan payment. They resumed today. I was like, oh, that's funny. All that media coverage about how you were going to pay my college debt off and pay everybody's college debt off. And I didn't see any media coverage about how you were going to hit my checking account today. Interesting. There were a lot of emails warning us, though. You should check your emails. But my point is, when we pick and choose to solve problems, we just <laughs> create disasters and we make politicians rich and we make us poor and society's worse. Like choosing to solve some but not all problems doesn't work either. So the rational solution is don't pour money into solving other people's problems. And the other problem is that when we do this, we usually don't solve the problem anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're struggling at this like point in this country of forced morality forced morality never works people need to choose to live a moral life right a hundred years ago people chose to live a moral life in a society because they enjoyed the luxuries of living in a society people no longer make that decision and now people are getting really emotional though because it's all over the media and social media and there's babies getting killed 
Allegedly. Not just by explosions now, but by being beheaded. Allegedly. So most Americans are in the, we have to do something camp. But that means going to war, funding war. It's probably not just hanging a flag in the front of your porch. Or putting a ribbon on your door. You remember those days? But my friends are like mostly retarded because they're first level thinkers. And it's convenient because you don't have to worry about the consequences of togetherness. And most of the people will say, yeah, we need to support the solution or the proposed solution because we need to do something. But we're kind of fucking broke. Yeah, sometimes the solution is doing nothing. And we're worse than broke. Because if we increase the deficit by $5 trillion a year, that's slightly worse than not having money. I'd say slightly more than slightly. I mean, it takes somebody 1.5 years on average to work off a car. Yeah, if every nickel you make goes to the car. Yeah, except, you know, it goes to income tax and sales tax and loan interest and gas tax and travel taxes. and Yeah. It doesn't go to the car, so it's a lot longer. So how the fuck are we going to climb out of $100 trillion in total debt Oh, we're not. And fund foreign wars. Yeah, no, I mean, as we previously said, even if even if we stop funding wars tomorrow and agreed to never fund another foreign war, we, we can't pull out of the amount of debt that we've amassed. And you know me, I'm always focused on the money. But like another slight issue is when we fund these wars... Don't a lot of countries get mad at us and want to exact revenge on us? That that's a problem too. That sounds that expensive. Ended up costing too. us more money. How long mm-hmm. have we been spending money on our con on our direct and indirect conflicts with Russia? Right. What are we coming up on? At least fifty years. I mean, is it smart to make an enemy out of Russia or anybody? No. Or like a a guerrilla warfare community that's here? Yeah, it's smart to make an enemy out of like. Costa Rica. You know what I mean? It's not smart to make an enemy out of like massive superpowers. Or anybody, but yeah, right? Especially some someone like Russia. Russia is so <laughs> rich in natural resources. And nuclear weapons. Even outside of that, their money is never ending. Like the access they have to oil and gas. They could far outlast us. They never run out of money. But how do people make this logical leap that we're going to pay for people to kill Russians, but we're not going to make Russians mad at us because we're not at war with Russia? But you run into the issue that we just watched Europe run into. Right? Europe got on their, what they thought was a moral high horse. And we got to help Ukraine and we're going to put all these sanctions on russia and russia was like okay no gas and then you had people that couldn't cook dinner because they decided to listen to the tv you know it's the old saying of like don't bite the hand that feeds you you may not agree with everything they're doing but you're biting the fucking hand that feeds you you can't do that they had this this idea in their head that they were going to do the same thing to russia that we turned around and did to like some of the Middle Eastern countries where we went in and played like we were morally superior and just, you know, ransacked all the royal reserves and everything. 
You can't do that with somebody like Russia. Russia will just shut you off. The problem is, when we did it in Middle Eastern countries, those Middle Eastern countries needed something from us. Right? Whether it was our humanitarian aid or our medicines or whatever we were providing to them, Russia doesn't need anything from anyone. Russia could close their border tomorrow, not fuck with anybody else in the world, and live for a thousand years on the gas reserves they have. They don't need us. We need them. You can't turn around and fuck with people that you need. People that have shit that you need. It's like going in the fucking grocery store and saying fuck you to the guy that runs the grocery store and then being pissed off that he won't sell you food. I mean, we can't beat Afghanistan in a war. How are we supposed to beat Russia? Yeah, we got our ass kicked by people who don't have electricity. <laughs> we should have learned our lesson from Vietnam. You know who I blamed you for losing followers for me? Yeah. It might be my fault. I see a lot of like dumbass Bitcoiners posting stuff and they're getting roped into all the emotional stuff. Oh my God, there's babies now. We have to do something. I see Bitcoiners cheering for either side. On either side, we probably shouldn't choose a side and like go to war. It's problematic. Yeah, I don't support either side. Just to make that clear, abundantly clear. If anybody has a problem with that, you don't have to listen to the podcast. That's cool too. If pictures of murdered babies is what gets you to comply and give up various types of wealth and freedom. Then Ben Shapiro is just going to keep making AI pictures of burned babies and posting them on the fucking internet. You're going to see a lot more dead babies. (laughs) Right? If that's the bar, we're going to get that. Yeah. If we give him emergency powers because there's an emergency, you're going to see a lot more emergencies. Right. Dead babies is the crisis now. Yeah. But if they say, well, can we get the Americans to pay for war and accept inflation and accept limitations of privacy, freedom, and limitations on firearms? Great. We're going to get more of that. Yeah. Not a happy thought, you know, and I'm not proud of it, but is is beheading a baby morally worse than killing a baby via, like, explosion? No, but they want you to think it is. Social media thinks so. If you really want to dig into it, though, I mean, this is like, historically, this is like the first card that Israel always plays. Like, historically, they've played this card many times, right? These atrocities that are like so horrible that it pains you to think about them. And then five years later, it comes out that none of it was true. If you're from a country that sends drones in and blows up buildings and kills babies that way, and then you're all like, oh, my God, they beheaded a baby. Like, you're kind of a hypocrite. Not kind of. You are a fucking hypocrite. (laughs) How anti-American of you, Frito. It shouldn't be. They had weapons of mass destruction, don't you remember? Well, it's like a gun thing, right? Like, if you assassinate somebody with a gun, or if you take a gun, you shoot into a crowd, and you kill somebody, morally, it's the same bad thing. This goes back to the same argument that, like, all the Brits have, right? When they start talking about gun control and shit. Like, oh, we took away guns, and look at how many gun crimes we have. Our numbers are much lower than yours. Okay, but your stabbing numbers are way higher than ours. Because if some piece of shit wants to do a terrible thing, not having a gun isn't going to stop them. They're just going to walk out in the street with a machete and start hacking people up. 
Yeah, the British are very stabby people. Don't give Walton a knife. Yeah, very stabby. Mm-hmm. But we're just being attacked by like these loose associations. You know, shit's happening, so you must give up stuff. Yeah, give me. You have more to start power. financing your dominoes. Look at the problem that I caused. Give me more power to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, with this baby stuff, any of this stuff, at this point, anybody that thinks really just shouldn't accept any of the information that's being presented to us. Yeah. But then you're a conspiracy theorist, right? If you don't accept the information. Well, of course. Right now, you look at the two different ends of things, right? If you go to a mainstream platform like Twitter and you watch most of what comes on like a general feed, then Palestine's a terrible place and we should go support Israel. And then you switch over to like Telegram and every channel is how terrible Israel is and we should go help Palestine. They're just trying to draw you into one side or the other. It's still division, no matter what side you fall on. Divide and conquer works. We shouldn't care. Prior to us getting involved in foreign bullshit, foreign bullshit was still happening for, like, all those years before the United States started, like, sending all this aid to other countries and shit. All these other countries were still fighting. Like, war has always fucking happened. Always. And... The sad part is, just for example, because it's current news, the shit that's happening in Gaza right now, that everybody's so up in arms about Gaza right now, the shit that happens in, like, the Congo weekly makes that stuff look like a fucking Disney Pixar movie. They have, like, child soldiers raping and pillaging villages regularly in Africa. Regularly. That shit happens every week. Like in Tropic Thunder? Look at South Africa right now. South Africa, they're literally riding through the country murdering white farmers because they're white. And nobody cares. The things that people don't realize is that the only reason you're hearing about certain conflicts is because we have interest in certain conflicts. Guess what? There's a hell of a lot more conflicts going on in the world, and most of them are 10 times as grisly as the shit that you're seeing on TV. Oh, they beheaded 40 babies. There's some fucking warlord in Africa right now, like, only 40 babies? Only 40? He's wearing a belt loop right now with, like, 40 shrunken baby heads on it. And he's like, this was just Tuesday. You're all upset about 40 babies. Meanwhile, all of our wives think that human nature is those fucking guys in that show. Exactly. But then what's happening with all this policy is we're creating a welfare state here and it's getting dicey and dangerous here. It's going to get a lot more dicey and a lot more dangerous here. We're like, there's there's dangerous people out there. We have to go do something. And in doing so, we're creating dangerous people here. And that could be Americans or, or that can be non-Americans here. But I'm more afraid of domestic threats, really. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see a false flag event here in the next six months. Like a considerable one. We need something that's going to push at least the majority, 51% of the country over the line to say we need to go do something about it in another part of the world. Yeah, we were all ready to go to war 20 years ago, right? Yeah, exactly. With the state of the economy and the state of national debt, there's not enough people on board. Something is going to have to happen here that's going to like push us to that point of being like, they attacked us. We need to go over there. 
some mm-hmm. fucking 400 pound boomer in his fucking rascal scooter is going to tell us how we need to go fight in a foreign country. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be Joe Rogan. <laughs> Mark my words. This won't surprise me. Right. I'm usually very reasonable, but they attacked us. And I really think that we have to do something. Right. The guy that does not see Bitcoin. Yeah. Sleep or so. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a psyop. Has been. And you would think that if we were at risk of going to war, that we would want Americans armed. But meanwhile, well, they're arming Israeli civil- civilians right now. Seems they're like handing a good out idea. brand new fucking M4s, just handing them out. But meanwhile, I'm like afraid of domestic threats and I'm trying to arm myself, but they're making it harder to do that. Yeah, there's a massive ammunition shortage right now. Massive ammunition shortage. Go out and try to buy fucking anything other than, like, the main calibers. Most people don't realize it because you can still buy, like, 9mm. You can still buy a 5.56. Yeah. But go try to buy some 5.45 by 39 right now. Good luck. It's harder to do here. They have background checks run by the police in New York now. You have to pay awesome. for it, and it takes time, and you can't get your ammo when you're there. you got to come back later. Yeah, I started buying a bunch couple of weeks ago because i went into my local gun shop to pick up a gun like half the wall was empty and he was like you wouldn't believe the amount of people that have been in here and like i looked at the floor at the ammo like i bought out what he had for 12 gauge shells like (laughs) he's got like five like five boxes of 12 gauge shells you know what i mean like and this is a big gun store not like some small mom and pop shop It's like a big gun store, heavily running out of ammo. And he's like, I highly recommend if you can get it online, get it. Get it while you still can. And they've already done it in my state too. In my state now, it just changed maybe a couple of months ago. You now need to provide your blue card, which is the card that you have to get in order to buy a pistol to begin with, in order to buy ammo, which is fucking ridiculous. And on top of that, I bought my wife a, I think we talked about it on the last episode, I bought her a pistol for our anniversary. And Palmetto shipped it to my FFL, and it came with no magazines, because Palmetto won't ship it with a magazine now. Was it because it didn't comply with their state, they just won't ship it with a magazine, period? Nope, they just won't ship it with a magazine, period. So they won't ship it with a magazine, period. They're out of stock pretty much everywhere. If I can find them... I can't order them because they don't make a 10-round magazine for that pistol. Oh, so you can't ship it in and then have them pin it. You can't even do that. Correct. And most of them won't even uh, let me order it and have it shipped to an FFL. The FFL has to actually order it. Well, my friend, it sounds like you bought the wrong gun. to have it in the... (laughs) It's fucking retarded, dude. Why'd you buy that gun if you couldn't get a magazine for it? It's It's a fucking twenty-two. I didn't buy like a fucking anti-aircraft gun for Christ's sakes. It's a fucking varmint pistol. It's dangerous, Elsie. Yeah, it's dangerous. The but, amount of hoops they're starting to make you jump through are just... But this conversation kind of makes us right when we're telling our friends, listen, you may or may not want a gun. And they're on the fence. They're not sure if they want one or not. I'm like, well, if you don't know, get it because you won't be able to get it later. That's, yeah. that's totally logical. You can always decide later on you don't want it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even though you're not allowed to sell it anymore or something like that, but... Yeah, exactly. You got to get stuff while you can. Fucking Um, crazy, man. 
crazy. And you pay attention to politics more than I do, right? Serious question, right side, left side. Is there a major political party that values avoiding armed conflict or funding armed conflict? Or are they on the same side on that one? They're on the same side on that one, just for different reasons. Convenient. They're only for it if it's their conflict. Yeah. Like right now, right now you have that the government's divided, right? You have the left side that wants to print a bunch of money and send it to Palestine, and then you have the right side that wants to print a bunch of money and send it to Israel. Shouldn't enlightened first world leadership value keeping us out of war? I imagine it would if that existed. That would be like the primary objective of leadership in the first world, you would think. Yeah, I mean, I think because Poland just got just got fucking wrecked. Poland was doing great. Poland was like the place to be. Poland was the safest country in Europe. And uh, they just got fucking wrecked because the populist party won again, but the three runner-up parties that hold... 51% of their government are all pretty much the same fucking thing. They're just three separate parties. So they're going to wreck that country just like they wrecked everything else in Europe. But I mean, I, I think the closest thing you have right now to like an enlightened first world country is probably Hungary. Well, they have the luxury of being neutral. I think that we should force ourselves to have that luxury though. Yeah, I don't think you have to force yourself. I think you just need to decide to be neutral. This is how I see it. Again, the current conflict, just because it's the easiest reference point. If we get involved in this shit that's going on, we stand the chance of making a further enemy of, like, Russia, of other nuclear-capable countries, like yeah. Iran. And this should, this should got, be an obvious concern, yes. Okay, so that being said, if we decide to not get involved at all, it's not like somebody's going to fucking red dawn America for not getting involved. Right. It costs us nothing to right. be neutral. So besides the fact that I'm worried that we're going to impoverish ourselves further, we're actually hurting ourselves by being involved. I think impoverishing ourselves further is the least of our worries. Yeah, which I is scary because it's a huge worry. I think mass American casualties is a much worse worry. And at this point, honestly, because we've had a fucking open border since the latest senile asshole came into office, we run a risk either way. I think that those two things go together, though. I think that if you keep America wealthier, I'll say er because we're not really wealthy, then there's going to be less casualties in the long run. I think that's important for national security. Yeah. We need to build up our uh, strategic arms reserve because we have none. What do you mean by strategic arms? Like our military, we can't do anything right now. We've given away everything. We can't do a fucking thing. Not only that, we have no pride in our country and no unity in our country. So nobody wants to join the armed forces. You have nobody that's willing to fight for the country that you want to turn around and send all of our money and our weapons to other fucking countries. In a way, though, there's a lot of automated war. We're talking about there's going to be less jobs. There's really less need for soldiers when we have a lot of things automated now. We have a lot of shit. No, because you, you still need soldiers to fly the drone. 
I met a guy. We're not ready to put drone. Skynet in yet. Yeah, we fly him out of Niagara Falls. They have VR cockpits. They fly him all over the world from there. That's wild. Yeah. And they're like full-size fighter plane things. I think they're the MQ-9s. Right, but you still need people who are willing to do that. Yeah. So you still need to be able to, at minimal, recruit the people who are going to run, even if it's through a VR screen, the equipment that is going to wage war. And we just don't fucking have it. I was thinking about something, and this is like honest question. Like, when was the last time we were in a conflict? And obviously we're sacrificing all the future generations' wealth and American lives. When was it clear that if we won the conflict, a specific positive outcome was going to occur? When was the last time that happened, do you think? World War II. That's what I came up with, too. It was 80 years ago. Since then, we've had a wide range from like winning to just murdering a bunch of people for nothing. But World War II seemed important because fascism was terrible for freedom and we were stopping genocide, which apparently we didn't even know about the genocide at the time. Yeah, and uh, Netanyahu says that the genocide wasn't actually a genocide. But that's... Well, if I say, okay, we, we stopped it. That was 80 years ago, right? And I think America was doing stuff that was possibly good for racism back then, if you argue that the Nazis were more racist than us. Another thing that was important about World War II was there was a race to become the first nuclear superpower. That was important. Was um, it, though? What do you mean? Was it important? To be the With... first? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, I hear you. Potentially, though. We don't know how it would have worked out if we weren't. Yeah, but we didn't bomb Germany. We bombed Japan, and that could have been the other way around. If Japan would have gotten the bomb... Or Germany would have gotten the bomb. They was would Japan even developing road. a bomb? I'm sorry? Was Japan even developing a bomb? No, I'm just saying it was important that we did it first. That was a part of the outcome Why, of World War II. Because we didn't Why? want them to have it. Who's them? By the time we bombed Japan, Germany was fucked. Right, but they would have had a bomb. That would have been bad. Okay, but if you're going to play the would have game, uh-huh. they might, they would have... They, that This is how we ended up with shit like fucking COVID. Well, the would-have game is what would have happened if we weren't the first people with the bomb. <laughs> yeah, that's the same game that we're playing right now with biological warfare. Well, what mm. if we do, if we don't develop it, they're going to develop it. Mm. That never ends well. How right. about just, no. Or how about we, we just don't? There's a thought. But the thing is, without World War II breaking out, we never would have had a reason to develop something like a nuclear bomb. But we won World War II, and despite the opportunity to learn how important freedom was and the American dream was, now we're in 2023, and maybe it didn't really matter all that much. <laughs> Even, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Even that, though, did we win? What did, but, what but, did we win? Mm, that's true. What did, what we, did win? we win? They want you to think that we won world war ii right that's like the narrative that they want you to believe but the reality is we didn't win shit we went over we killed the guy that we said was bad that was in control in another country right that was committing yeah. all these atrocities supposedly yeah. the reality is the guy that was running the country that we killed 
wasn't committing the atrocities. His scientists and his researchers were committing the atrocities. Did we kill them? No. We yeah. brought them here and they committed atrocities for us. We didn't win anything. We brought those people here and they did human experiments on United States fucking soldiers that were enrolled in our armed services. And this is not this is not conspiracy theory. This is fact. This is fact. We brought scientists from the side that we said was evil because of the things they were doing to people and brought them here and paid them to do evil things to our own people. But so I mean, we won nothing. One outcome that was good was we did stop a country that was attacking us, I suppose. I mean, that, Who's that was attacking a real thing. us. Japan Nobody attacked was attacking Pearl Harbor. us. They attacked Pearl Harbor. <sighs> they did, right? Why did they? <laughs> we can't go off and just say things like that. Okay. That's like me walking in your house and slapping your mama. And then you coming to my house and kicking my ass. And me writing the history books that says, you kicked my ass. While leaving out the part that says, I went in and provoked this to happen. In this story, I think you slapping my mom was their provocation. Right. We provoked Japan, and Japan attacked us. Oh. What did we do to Japan before that, honestly? Japan was part of the Axis. We went into a war we had no fucking business being in, the same way we're doing now. Hmm. People want to turn their head and think, again, this is the same moral fucking high ground, stupid fucking argument that we've been on all, all night. They looked at a situation in another country and said, oh, we have to do something about it. Had zero effect on our country. And then we went there and we started murdering people in a foreign country. And then somebody who was allies with them came here and attacked us and we're like we can't fucking believe they killed americans we have to go over there and glass their fucking country no <laughs> they yeah. did that because of what we did everybody likes to the way history books are written and the way people like to remember it everybody yeah. likes to take away the responsibility that we have right you have to shoulder that responsibility that we did a b and c that led to this happening the only reason that the bomb got dropped in Nagasaki and Hiroshima is because of our actions. Had we never got involved in the first place, we never would have ended up at the point of dropping a bomb and murdering innocent civilians. You can't stand on the moral high ground and then say they pushed us to the point that we had to do it. No, <laughs> we didn't. We did A, B, and C that led to the point where we had to do it. We had to conclude the story that we began. So you're saying that when I'm trying to make my point that it's been 80 years since we had a good reason to do anything, that's actually been longer. When was the last time we had a good moral reason to get into a war? Is what you're asking me? The Revolutionary uh, War. I'm saying when was the last time we got in a war where the goal was uh, known? There was a clear the goal was goal clear or the, or the goal was necessary for the betterment of our country. I guess. If it's for the betterment of our country, the stance I would take would be the Revolutionary War. The stance most people I feel would take would probably be the Civil War. Though the Civil War isn't as black and white as they like to paint it in the history books either. So, I could see either point, but it's been a while. It's been a long fucking time. 
It's been a long time since the U.S. fought a war that had anything at all to do with us. Yeah. All right, we'll say something that directly involved us. Beyond the Civil War, we went to war on hypotheticals. If we don't do this, this might happen. Uh-huh. Well, we need to go over there because this person is doing this and they might do that to us. All hypotheticals. And the reality is, if we never got involved in World War II and everything went the way that they said hypothetically it, it would go and that it would end up spreading here, everybody knows, that, especially back then, America was a country that you couldn't invade. Right? I believe it was Japan that said it. Wasn't it Japan? I don't know. You could never invade America because there's a gun behind every blade of grass. You can't do that. We've always known they can't come here uh, up till mm. now. Now they've fucking hamstrung our Second Amendment so heavily. They can invade New York if they want now. Well, they've Especially demonized gun ownership and demonized the idea of the Second Amendment to such a point that we've made ourselves vulnerable through that. But up until they really did that, right, up until like 1987 when fully automatics became illegal, nobody wanted to fucking jump into this country. Are you nuts? You don't know what Joe Blow down the block has. He could have three fully automatic Uzis in his fucking bedroom underneath his bed. You couldn't invade a country like that. We've hamstrung ourselves to the point that now, yeah, we're pretty damn close to becoming victim status, even though we own as many guns as we do per capita. Now, when Red Dawn happens and they have their automatic rifles, I'm going to get my CZ Shadow, too, and I'll be fine. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you can't even buy a 3D printer in your fucking communist state anymore. Or have they not passed that yet? Need full criminal background oh, checks in New to York. buy a fucking in New York, 3D printer they want in New a York. Background check. Yeah, they're pushing that now. Yeah. I'm trying to save money for guns, and now i got to buy a 3D printer. And honestly, I believe that not every single person is a bad actor in the point that they can see the whole thing playing out and know where it's leading. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I think a lot of these people really do believe that they have good intentions for doing these things. But what they don't realize is that the end game of what they're doing is turning us into a sitting duck. It almost doesn't matter if you're a bad actor, if the whole country's gaslit. Oh, absolutely. But you're turning us into a defenseless country. And what happens when the country ends up at war? We're watching it play out right now in the Middle East. What was the first thing Israel wanted to do? We need to get crates and crates and crates of rifles and go hand them out to citizens. Well, if you just let citizens own rifles to fucking begin with, you wouldn't have to do that. Yeah, they'd buy their own. Right. Maybe they'll invade Britain first because they just got knives. Britain's already invaded. And we're also kind of ignoring the financials and the costs, right? I think there's a moral argument. I'm saying I think there's a moral argument to just be anti-war in general. Like, it involves murdering, which is bad. I think that's a sin. And most people use the argument that we need to murder people so there's not more murder committed later. That's kind of a dubious moral yeah. argument. Right. So I disagree with that. But I agree with the punishment for murder should be murder. 
I don't think that there should be any other option. I think if we lived in a society where even crimes of passion would fall off, if we lived in a society where you knew for a fact that if you were found guilty of killing somebody, that you were going to die. You're going to have tenth of a percent or a hundredth of a percent of the population that are just fucking tapped and they don't care. But the people that are like, I can plead my case and it was a crime of passion or I only have to do 15 years and then I can get out on parole. But if it was guaranteed, you get found guilty, they kill you. What happens when you find the guys that are sexting your wife? I wouldn't kill them. There's all these people that are convinced by all these ethical, moral things. Like, oh, no, we have to help people. Everybody's life is valuable. Most of those people are like pro-war. And it's weird. Yeah. That That's because they struggle with the painful reality that not everybody is valuable. <laughs> but right now, it feels like, I don't know what you think, but it feels like being anti-war for the sake of being anti-war is like just for hippies now. No, because all the hippies are bloodthirsty leftists, though. That's weird. There's no hippies left. Like, no like, traditional hippies left. It seems like there should be a movement for, like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't go to war a lot. Maybe we shouldn't go to war at all. Maybe we should just live in a country that lives on the basis of self-defense. Because right now, we're the country that's running around trying to beat up all the bullies. And that's not like a sustainable thing. You can't save everyone. But you definitely have to save yourself before you can worry about saving anyone else. But I think that Bitcoin fixes this. Because <laughs> <laughs> when the people in my neighborhood want to stand with Ukraine and Israel, then they can decide to pay for the violence on their own because we don't have to pay for it if we opt out. That's the yeah, beauty listen, of Bitcoin. I'm all for it. If fucking Israel wants to start a GoFundMe page and people want to give out of their own pocket to fund whatever their belief is, great. Yeah. I don't want to live in a country where this fucking, the bloodthirsty neocon that lives down the street, him and his buddies are going to get together and decide to draft my kids to go fight in some fucking country for a war that doesn't affect my country. I'm with you, but then the problem becomes... If you donate to that page, it'll get hacked by their enemies. Now you're a target. I don't care. I didn't I donate. Mean, just getting involved like that is even dangerous, you know? Yeah, so you probably shouldn't. You should probably avoid getting involved. But I think when flag-waving simpletons support a war, they're going to stop when they realize they're the ones paying for it. The flags will probably come down. Yeah, we should follow the lead of what Poland has done for the last five eight ten years poland's taken zero migrants zero exactly zero you know how many terrorist events poland has 50 zero. Oh, zero. you know how many stabbings poland has zero you know what that safest place in europe is to live poland you know why that is because they built a fucking wall and they kept everybody out. 
and they're not poking around in other countries exactly and they're not loading up people and driving to ukraine to go fight a fucking war that has nothing to do with them we're like crocodile hunter in south park america's like i'm gonna stick my thumb in this country's ass and see what happens yeah just to see what happens it's so frustrating we're not all in this together because we're not all paying for the violence together because we can opt out you know when we weren't involved in a bunch of shit like this when we didn't have media coverage from other parts of the fucking world when people didn't know what was happening outside of their town except very briefly you might see three or four headlines from a different city in the country we're in a lot less wars well, also when the local news decided to be local news and not just puppets. Yeah, not just play national shit the whole time. Anything else you want to drop on war? War is bad, okay? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I just lost like another hundred followers probably. Easily. <laughs> You're like, I got to get away from Frida. This is bad. All right. Hey, you ever watch Rick and Morty? I'm a pickle Morty. <laughs> so yeah, pickle Rick. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Like I watched the first four seasons. So fucking good. I guess they're about to start the seventh season. And did you see the co-creator? The guy that voiced all the characters was fired. No. He had a felony domestic abuse charges and he was dismissed. So they are trying to hire new actors to voice the main characters. Come on. And it seemed like kind of a consensus that he's like a bad guy. And that's probably true, but it turns out everything was dismissed and he wasn't convicted of anything. He was just canceled. Doesn't mean he's bad at his job though. He was not even found guilty of the thing. Even outside of that, say he was found guilty doesn't mean he's bad at his job one doesn't have anything to do with the other this is the same we drag yeah. morality into places it doesn't belong i agree I, I could see how that'd be bad for being popular though it's bad for the show but, but it wouldn't because now... it's the seventh fucking season but you're it's in a narrative seventh now. season you're not trying to create a name for yourself you already have a brand you're gonna have six sjw's that are like I can't watch that because he's a domestic abuser. But my point is now if you just get accused of anything, you'll get canceled. And that's really dangerous. It's dangerous just to associate with people now. So you should be like me and be a hermit. Did you see that baseball player? That's why I have no social media outside of anonymous accounts. Right. That's why your voice isn't all over the internet for years. Exactly. Hundreds of hours of recordings. Why would anybody ever do that? Shout out to Rope. He inspired this a little bit, but I have a really circumferential take. <laughs> Do you this, drink uh, coffee? Did you say you have a circumcised take? Yes. I have a circumcised taint, Elsie. <laughs> Do you drink coffee? Yes. What kind of a coffee machine do you have? I'm coffee I machine prefer, shaming you now. I prefer not to say. Jesus Christ. Come on. What kind of coffee? This is a hard question. It's not personal. Currently? Yeah, what kind of coffee maker do you use to make your coffee? A Keurig. Keurig? <laughs> I knew that was going to be a response. I know. Okay, so for like 15 years, my wife and I have used this $15 Mr. Coffee. 
It's like a four cup machine. It's very basic and it's got a clock, but we don't use it. And I just want to fill it up with water and push the button. So coffee comes out of the bottom, right? <laughs> yeah. And this is where we get back to rope. It uses paper filters and they're super yeah. cheap. I think I've done my part to take care of it. I've, I've cleaned it with vinegar from time to time and it's starting to break. It's starting to like leak in places and I need a new coffee machine. And one of my best friends, he, he owns a gourmet store and he's trying to get me to buy this $2,000 coffee machine. No. He swears by it. He says the coffee's amazing. Get the fuck out of here. Apparently the thing will pick the beans and roast them and grind them up. And yeah, a Siamese right. cat will eat them. And then the machine collects the urine and purifies it. Yeah. It's right. It's a coffee, right? I appreciate these things, but I remember when Bitcoin was $400. So it's hard to pay 2000 for a coffee machine. I'm trying to find a new coffee machine and Mr. Coffee doesn't make a four cup machine anymore. You still no. with me? Yeah, they make 12 cups now, I think. They have five or 12. And the five would be okay, except it doesn't take the paper filters. No, it has a plastic filter. Well, it's got like this metal graded thing that you have to clean every time you do it. You get, it takes like five minutes to, just to clean the stupid thing. Yeah, I mean, I think five minutes is a bit of an exaggeration, but I'm, I'm with you. Bang it out on the trash can and then rinse it with water and put it back in. Five but... minutes, Elsie. Fire off. <laughs> They're doing it because it's good for the environment to not use the paper. But who wouldn't want to stumble out of bed and then spend time like rinsing off this thing? It's like reinventing the condom. But like instead of rolling it on, you like paint it on. And then when you're done, you got to use like a ice scraper and get it off. A what? I said, <laughs> I'm going to start over. No, no, no. Re no, no, no. Reinventing the what? It's like they reinvented the condom. What's that? Right? Oh, it's like a thing you put on your wiener. What? Wow. That sounds yeah. terrible. It's good to prevent diseases. So you don't have to use a morning after pill for the disease. Oh. But instead of rolling the new one on, you have to paint it on. And then when you're done, you have to scrape it off. Sounds good. Yeah. Which is they messy. make an aerosol version. After I'm done watching Preston Fish say contango. I want to be able to just take it off and move on with my life, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> it's kind of backwards to make us use more time. I told you this was like circumferential, right? So <laughs> I think that this is a fiat move. I think that on purpose, they're making you waste your time so that you are weaker. And I, I think that power is a zero-sum game so that when they make you weaker, it makes them stronger. And I think the paper filters have something to do with it. Bro, hate the planet like the rest of us and buy a fucking Keurig. They come in plastic cups. You're murdering multiple sea turtles with every cup. I have a Keurig. I just like the other one. My life's too busy to make coffee right now. You know what? The last coffee machine that I had that I liked was the Ninja. I know that has absolutely nothing to do with your entire spiel. That coffee was just like the example, but... I'm stuck on the coffee thing. They're telling you you can't have a paper filter, but meanwhile, they take these retired warships out and they shoot missiles at them and drop bombs on them for target practice, and that's okay. Do like I did and buy the paper filters anyway. And then you put them inside the metal filter, and then you run your coffee through the paper filter and throw the paper filter away, and you don't have to deal with the metal one every time. Shit, does that work? Yeah, it does. Oh. Kind of wrecked your, your circumcised point, huh? Yeah, you kind of fucked up my coffee point. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of like slowing us down, I'll get patient and they'll complain to me. They don't understand why the insurance companies won't just cover what I order 
and that doctors should be in charge of their care, right? But I kind of hate it when they say that because then I have to go on a half hour tangent about how the whole point is to slow them down and slow me down so that we have less power. Anything that slows people down is good for the state because it transfers power. I don't know. We have an awful streamlined society for that kind of a take, I think. I think I fall on the other side of that. I think slow is better. I think the state wants you to move fast because the faster you're moving, the more you can continually do and the more you can cram into your schedule and the more distracted you can stay. I think they don't want you to have a drip machine. I think they want you to give up the drip machine for the Keurig and I've fallen for the PSYOP. They want you to press the button and move on with your day. You think they want to make us faster? Yep. By making the drip machine shittier? Yep. Make the drip machine shittier. That way you're forced to buy the Keurig and you can just hit the button and keep moving. They want you to keep moving and keep going. They don't want you to have that time to stand there and watch the coffee brew uh-huh. and actually consider the things that people like you and I think of. So the state either wants to slow us down or make us go faster and fuck the state either way. Right. Okay. <laughs> We're getting into rational assholes now. We can wrap up with this. Rational assholes. And I wanted to make this seasonal. We just had Columbus Day. That's the annual day that my daughter denounces me and says it's actually Indigenous People's Day. Fuck you, Dad. And we just had Canadian Thanksgiving, and we're about to have what American What the fuck is a Canadian Thanksgiving? It's a day in October that Canada does Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. I forgot you live in Canada. Close to it. So for it's, all three of these holidays... Canada. For all intents and purposes, it's Canada. So for all three of these holidays, what culture comes to mind you have a wait period for ammunition you live in canada i'll start over so for, for all three of these ho- <laughs> <laughs> for all three of these holidays what culture comes to mind indigenous peoples right and i was asking my daughter can i say native she's like yeah native's fine so i'm gonna go with native but yeah and i probably respect and appreciate their culture more than most so we can't say like indian feather not dot no. Okay. No. Uh, I thought that was sensitive, but fire off. I have a couple of these reservations near me. I, I know a lot of these people. A lot of them are my patients. And my daughter plays lacrosse, and I see a lot of You shouldn't have people. reservations. Sorry? You shouldn't have reservations. I'm getting there. I'm getting healthy. there. They're not healthy to have. Dude, you're fucking up my take. <laughs> <laughs> I actually this is have pretty a- much our whole show. You realize that, right? Either you're <laughs> fucking up my take or I'm fucking up you. <laughs> all the takes that you prepare yes i fucked them up but but i actually have like a native handmade wooden stick it's like one of my prized possessions it's just Um, the stick it's just the stick frito they just saw you and they were like mark we're gonna sell them a stick dude they take these sticks and slowly over time with like heat they like bend them into the lacrosse head it's crazy and these native girls like kick my daughter's ass like routinely but There's this logical disconnect that bothers me, and that's why I wanted to bring it up in terms of the way that, I'll say white people, but like America America proper treat natives and natives treat themselves. It kind of goes back to some of the Japanese stuff we were talking about too. But the narrative goes, and I know you're going to correct my narrative because that's what you do, but native people are very connected to their land. They got a very deep culture. And the white people came 
and they were jerks to the natives and they took their land. And that's especially bad because they like their land very much. And then after they took all the land, they said, well, we're going to be nice to you and we're going to let you have this reservation now because we want to make it up to you. And these reservations are like the shittiest parts of the country that nobody wants. Furthermore, we're going to give you tax benefits if you agree just to stay there. Native tribes are not subject to federal or state income tax, which is kind of sweet. And they've got reduced sales tax to the point where they can sell things at much wider margins than everybody else, uh, tobacco, alcohol, marijuana, and they can run casinos too. And gambling is like otherwise illegal unless you're on the reservation. But they have these they massive- selling weed now? Yeah. If you go to a little town called Salamanca near me, you go down the main street, every single shop sells weed. Like Subway has like a weed distributor, like a gas station. <laughs> has a weed I'm not kidding. There's like 15 buildings in a row and they're all painted green. The whole fucking town sells weed. <laughs> it's insane, dude. I wish our listeners could see your face right now. <laughs> but these people should be tremendously wealthy because they're allowed to sell things that you can't otherwise sell. And they're allowed to have ridiculous margins, right? I was reading that gaming on Native American lands earned $26.5 billion. I guess it's yeah, but the ago. tribe, the tribe taxes. The tribe taxes. I think the tribe owns the casino. Yeah, but I mean, like the weed stores and shit, like all their like sales, all their profit margins and shit. The tribe taxes the piss out of them. They, they kill their own fucking people. This is why they're not like ultra wealthy and shit. It's human nature. You put one guy at the top that has all the power, and he yeah. interacts with the outside world. And he sees what the white man is doing to itself. So he comes back and does the same shit to his people and subjugates them and mm -hmm. just becomes immensely wealthy at the expense of the population underneath him. Yeah, I think that's happening. And it's kind of obvious that the population is not benefiting because you drive through these cities and they're just so run down. Nothing's been updated for like 80 years, really. But what's weird about it is when you think about it, it's like we said, we're really sorry for everything we did. So... What we're going to do is we're going to do you a favor and help you just stay right there <laughs> and don't leave that reservation because you've got a good there. It feels so backwards. You want my hot take? Maybe. We shouldn't be sorry. Well, I'm not sorry because I live in the now, right? But I mean, there's a lot of things that were bad that happened. Eh, I don't I guess... agree with that statement. Keep going, though. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, let's say we are, our virtue signaling is like, we're going to be nice to you, but in doing so, we're basically segregating them. Yeah, I think it's just stupid. I think it's misplaced morality again. I think it's fucking misplaced morality. So back then, the entire world consisted of survival of the fittest, and we were the fittest. The whole, like, take of, like, oh, they were really connected to their land and they love their land and we came here and killed them and took their land the reality is fucking 50 years before we got here they murdered somebody else that looked just like them and took their fucking land yeah my point is we're using that narrative to segregate them though right like they didn't grow out of that land though we came and did to them what they had done to a hundred fucking tribes mm -hmm. before them and right. they just didn't have the means to rebuild and come back and take it from us but I don't and then know. we turn around and we give them these little shitty pieces of land and we're like, oh, here are all these benefits and blah, 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 blah. But we aren't really giving them any benefits. We're just continuing to subjugate them just 
under the cloak of morality. Right. I mean, I think that they would benefit and I could be wrong, but it seems like they would benefit from integrating into society. You know, just like all of us, people like me in the melting pot. I don't know. I think the melting they, pot has its own fucking problems. They seem to do these. No, I know you do, but they seem to do these things that clinging to the old ways, right? No, the problem is they're not clinging to the old ways. The problem is they're implementing parts of our society onto their own people. If they actually clung to their old ways and ran their reservations the way that their ancestors ran their tribes, they'd be immensely successful because it was a true community back then and everybody cared about everybody and everybody looked out for the betterment of the community. They shared in the wealth. Exactly. That doesn't happen now. So if you had a single example of one of them that actually did that, they would be incredibly successful. They have everything they need to be incredibly successful. The flawed creature that mankind is they fuck it up like the rest of us yeah i mean i think any of us if we chose to could cling to our old culture right we could all go back 500 years and find good things about our culture and we could find things to be mad about i don't think segregation is inherently bad i think historically if anything segregation is probably more beneficial than anti-beneficial show me one example one, and I'll wait, of where in any culture, mm-hmm. diversity was a strength. I'll wait. In this example, they're doing worse keeping themselves segregated. No, they're it might doing... Because, it might be because they're preying on themselves, though. It's because they're following the example of the melting pot. No, they're very uniform in the reservation. But they're not, because you still have classes. Mm. You have 90 plus percent of the population that's poor and lives in rundown shit shacks that have no building code. And you have 10% of the population that has more money than they could ever fucking spend. I'll give you an example. I grew up in the Buffalo area, right? Asian kid. I could be like, I'm going to maintain my culture. And I cut my hair like a samurai and wear a kimono around. I wouldn't be more popular or hireable. No, but if you lived in a Japanese-only community that looked out for their fellow Japanese-Americans, you would arguably be better off. I don't know. I'm pretty happy mixing in with everybody. I'm happy that people accept that, and I've done well. I'm not saying, I'm not saying on an individual case it doesn't work. You said, I'm give me one example. It, I give you an example. But that's not an example of a great example that it works. It doesn't work on a large scale. It doesn't fucking work. Because in order for a culture to mm-hmm. succeed and do great things and prosper, a culture yeah. needs to have a goal and something that they all stand behind and want. That's what we lack in this country today. Right? A hundred years ago, Everybody was, let's go America. Look at the 50s. Like, yeah, rah, rah, America. It's all about America. Now, 
more than half the population fucking hates the country they live in. There's nothing that people unify behind to stand behind. Mm. And that's a huge sign of a decaying empire. Yeah. Like, we're, you, you've said it multiple times. We're slowly watching this empire die. And the reason that's happening is because we cannot unify behind any set of morals. And the way you get that is through some sort of nationalism. And the word nationalism has become so demonized by tying it to things like neo-Nazis and actual Nazis, right? Oh, nationalism, that's what the Nazis were all about. It was the nationalism. That was their big problem. That's what made them so sick. Look at all the great empires in recorded history. When they went to shit is when they absorbed too many other countries. Rome. Mm-hmm. Greece. Maybe when things grow too big, then nothing can work, right? Correct. This is what I'm saying. And segregation isn't inherently bad. Mm. It is good to be in a in lockstep with your community with a set of morals and values that everybody can agree to live by. But- segregation doesn't have to go to the the old connotation of it was even a shitty example that I used of you living in like a just Japanese neighborhood. But if you get a bunch of, you know, people talk about it all the time, citadels, get a bunch of Bitcoiners together that have the same mindset and believe some of the same things and you put them together in a community and they could thrive because you have a set of morals and values that people can live by. But you start adding way too many different perspectives into the mix. Yeah. And it just ends up as a clusterfuck with a bunch of people arguing with each other. You bring up morals and values a lot, and I get that. I think another aspect of successful society is having a a fair rule set. If there was a rule set... Yeah, but that... where does your rule set come from? Your rule set comes from the morals and values that people can agree on. Yeah. What is a rule set? A rule set is a, a set of morals and values that people agree on. But that's different. That's different than a culture. That's different than a, a race, right? It's, it's just like people that kind of agree on the same rule set. Well, I never said race. Your mind just automatically goes to that because of the conditioning of the world. The world I might went to that because you told me to go thing. live in a Japanese neighborhood. Yeah, like I said, that was a shitty example. Okay. But... It's the conditioning that we've been brought to to think that, like, the idea of nationalism and being proud to be an American is somehow a racist thing or somehow a bad thing when all it originally was, was we all had this set, right? The Constitution, the Bill of Rights that everybody agreed on. The common rule set. Exactly. But then fiat takes over. And fiat, I think it's different rules for different people. Different strokes for different folks. Right. That That's what makes something fiat is that it tips the playing field to centralize power. You know, that's the problem with the reservation. You've got classes and certain people benefit, certain people don't. The people who put in the work don't benefit equally. Yeah, it's a lack of community, a lack of true community. And in the uh, American as a whole reservation, you have the same problem. Like, that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem that Bitcoin fixes. At least the monetary layer. I know there's other layers. Yeah. Little communities or big communities need to have even rule sets to work. 
Yeah, or at least everybody living in them needs to agree upon the rule set that they live by. Yeah. I think the people who get harmed by fiat money agree on the rule set, but they don't understand what they're agreeing on. Yeah, it's not an informed decision that they're agreeing on. We call them no-coiners. Yes. Or simply as Owie likes to call them, the pores. Not cool. <laughs> All right, dude. That was a pretty good rip. What else you got? You got a movie today? I'm tapped, bro. Is this the time you bring out T2? No. I'm not in the right mental space for that. Smart cities? No. 15 mile cities? Nope. You gonna do lightning? No. <laughs> no, we don't have time for a three hour podcast. All right, dude. Well, good work. I'll see you in a couple of weeks then. Yeah, hopefully there might be still one or two people who are willing to listen to the next one after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should be gaining listeners just to hear the train wreck, really. I mean, fuck yeah. these people. It's like watching a car crash. All right, dude. Peace out. Adios, amigo. Thank you very much to the plebs who were sick enough to repost our last episode. Thank you to And Hans, Mikado Face, Return of the Cooge, John, The Pirate Beach Bum, Greg Zaj1, Shinoa Forez, Coin Icarus, also known as Phil. Denny's 58k. John again. Ann Hans again. Mikado Face again. Bitcoin Becca. Gray. Andres. Parenthesis OL and Parenthesis. Return of the Cooge again. Punchplate.com. Rope. Barn Miner. And The Pleb Underground. We appreciate the support, ladies and gents. Hello, Elsie, my old friend. I come to talk with you again. Even though words can be deceiving, our voice is undeniably pleasing And this podcast that is streaming to your brain Just like cocaine Come and hear why Bitcoin fixes this On Bitcoin Twitter you walked alone Wasted hours staring at your phone. A net positive is no defense. Miami shitcoin conference. I'll see and I talk about whatever the fuck we want. We are so the cool plebs listen to the blue collar plebcast.
on the podcast website I saw 200 downloads, maybe more People searching for real signals Jokes out there, but at least we'll make you giggle I'll see meditating in the shower about the show Picturing Listen or don't go up yourselves. Be advised, we are not certified fiat system financial experts. Our financial opinions are our own and should not in any way be construed to be financial advice. Do your own research. Also, while we believe in free speech, we do recognize that we do not live in a free speech society. Therefore, for all intents and purposes, Please consider our views to be fictional satire, with the sole intention of facilitating broad discussion that is necessary to generate new understandings in hopes of uniting people under common rule sets, rather than the current trend of dividing people by utilizing different rule sets for different people. Listener discretion is advised.